Welcome into the Michael Wall Show. I'm excited today to talk about a topic that I think is, in fact, I know is important for many of you out there that are listening. And it's the idea that really, how do you build a marriage that lasts? It just so happens that I'm sharing this show, recording this show on November 3rd, 2021. And today, quite honestly, is a really special day for me. It's our 20th anniversary uh, for my wife and I. Now, I know some of you are probably asking, why are you here recording a podcast, Mike, on your 20th anniversary? Well, I'll let you know, a little, little insight. My wife and I took about a week uh, last week and got out of town and spent some time away together to celebrate and enjoy that. So we did make it a special time. But I wanted to take some time today on this show and talk about building a marriage that lasts. I think it's so important in our culture today. Today on The Michael Wall Show. Okay, so we talk about building a marriage that lasts. You know, first off, marriage is almost a taboo uh, topic today. You know, we have so many people today that are living life and they're like, well, why should I get married? You know, we're just we're just living together. Um, you know, it's it's kind of what's what's the purpose of that? Why do I need to do that? And I think we have to rewind and understand that the institution of marriage was actually created by God. That's this is a God ordained, God created institution. And as we know, it should not be entered into lightly. It's something that we should really be serious about along the journey and in the process. Um, so I think first and foremost, to understand what that looks like, we have to go back to the biblical principles of, of where this was created. But then when you talk about building a marriage that lasts, it can almost sometimes feel like this is an impossible task. What does it look like to actually build a marriage that lasts? I don't know if you've ever done anything for a long period of time and you've put a lot of work into it, and you've really, really, really kind of poured your heart and soul into it, and then things didn't actually work out the way you wanted them to. Or maybe you didn't get quite the result that you wanted to. Or maybe you're in a place where you um, you know, put your heart and soul in a business or, or some type of business idea, and it just did not pan out quite the way that you wanted it to. I, I want to challenge you with this thought that, you know, it takes a long time to become an overnight success. So it's the small repeated things daily that you do. I love what Jim Rohn talks about when he talks about how life is risky. Business is risky. Getting married is risky. Doing things that are kind of stepping out of your comfort zone are risky. But also what's risky is not committing to anything. Just kind of doing the same thing. Living a life that is of really little value. And so when you unpack this idea of taking time and building into something, as I mentioned, that maybe didn't work out like you wanted it to, I got to tell you that maybe sometimes you just have to keep pressing on and you have to keep pressing through. I got some advice from my dad a long time ago, and one of the things that he said to me I thought was interesting is he said, Mike, don't ever make a big decision when you're in a very emotional state. In other words, we all are in a place where we face challenges in life and we have things come to us and you know we're in a place where these things that arise may rock us emotionally. And we ask ourselves, what is really going on here? What is happening in life? What is happening in my life right now? Well, those are some times where you may not necessarily want to make big 
life decisions because you are emotionally off kilter. You want to make sure that you have people in your life that that just don't speak what you want to hear, but they actually speak what you need to hear. Wow. Let me say that again, because I think that's so important. You got to have people in your life. If you want to be successful in any facet of life, whether it's business, whether it's marriage, whether it's whatever, you must have people in your life that speak not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. In other words, they're honest enough with you to tell you the truth. Now you say, well, Mike, what does all of this have to do with marriage? Well, if you've been in a relationship any longer than three days or maybe six months or maybe a year, right, or two months, three months, I don't know what the time frame is for you, but the time where the kind of the honeymoon phase, if you will, has worn off and you're starting to see some of the warts, <laughs> you know, of the person you're with, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was there. I never saw that in the beat. What? Where did that come from? What? Yeah, well, what happens is, is when you start to see the real person, you start to evaluate oh, is this really what I signed up for? Is this really what I want to do? Is this really where I'm at? Now, in the, the, the beauty of the dating phase is you haven't really made any concrete, big, big commitments to this person other than just, hey, I want to be with this person, right? But when you move into actually getting married, now you're creating a vow. You're actually doing a vow before God which is a big deal. I love what Zig Ziglar said years ago. He said, listen, there's three things I know with certainty. Number one, there is a God. Number two, it ain't me. And number three, it ain't you either. So there is a God, one that created this universe and one that created you. And when you are getting married, you're in a place where you are engaging in vows in front of the creator and other people, obviously, that are there as witnesses. So this is a serious situation. It's a, it's an, they call it the institute of marriage. It, it's a, it's literally a contract almost that you are engaging in, um, with the other person and, and, and under the purview of God and people that are watching you. So this is not to be something that you just step into laissez-faire. We should really be intentional about this process. Now, I don't say that when you're getting married that you're in a place where you have everything figured out. No one has everything figured out, and there is an element of risk to do that. But you obviously go through certain things with this person. Is this the kind of person I want to be with, et cetera? And then when you've made those decisions, right, then you enter into marriage. Listen, I think back to my wife and I, again, today, November 3rd, the day I'm shooting this, 2021, is 20 years of our marriage. So if we rewind the tape... You know, you know that in 2001, literally two months after 9-11, talk about a memorable year, right? Two months after 9-11 was the date that we decided to get married. And I can tell you that there were a lot of people in our life at that time that watched us say, we're going to move into this institution called marriage that looked at us and said, uh, are you guys really ready for this? Right? I mean, you're going to have that in your life. There's no doubt about it. But what is so crucial is that when you enter into this, you're committed. And then you're both committed from the beginning to say, we realize that this isn't just going to be endless bliss. This is going to take work. Remember, anything that's worthwhile takes effort. Anything that's worthwhile takes effort. It's going to take some work. I mean, guys, let me speak to you because I'm not, a, I'm not a woman, right? So let me talk to the guys out there. How many of you guys that are currently married that are listening to this show, how many of you guys, after you've been married a year, year two years, three years, four years, 
still chased after your wife. In other words, to date her, to do things for her, to come around, come beside her, to kind of show her your affection. How many of you guys actually have continued to do those kinds of things year after year after year after you were married? You know, now it's like, hey, I caught the fish, so to speak, and uh, now we're getting married, and so I don't need to do this stuff anymore. You can get lazy. I say this from experience. I've had that experience in my own life where I've gone through seasons where, you know, I I really prioritized and, and made my wife the priority in my life in a lot of ways, obviously second to God. But then there's times where I didn't and I was so focused on business or maybe other friends or other things and she wasn't the priority. I can tell you that if I clearly look back at those seasons and times of my life of marriage, I can notice a very different perspective of how our relationship looked in that season. The other thing that we were committed to from the beginning and as we continue to move along on the chain is being open to advice outside of our marriage from people that we trusted. Not Johnny and Sally that were struggling in their marriage themselves and they were always complaining about their spouse or always talking about how, you know, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe her. Think about this for a minute. Let's just keep it real simple. Let's say you were in a place where you wanted to grow your wealth. You wanted to make a lot of money. You wanted to grow your wealth. Do you think it would be a good idea that you took advice from the person that was always complaining about life, always complaining about how they, um, you know, got um, kind of the, the bad shake or bad deal, so to speak, always complaining about why they weren't certain places in life uh, successfully, right? Or do you think it would make sense to actually take advice from someone who has achieved success, who has a positive attitude, who is in a place where they're going somewhere? They understand what wealth is because they've obtained it to some degree. Who do you think would be the best person to get advice from on how to build wealth? Probably the one with it. Probably the one that understands it instead of the one that's negative. Same way in marriage. Don't take advice from people and friends that are constantly cutting on or putting down their spouse. They probably don't have a great marriage. Or even people that are putting down other people. That's not the kind of positive input that you need. So one of the things that we were open to, though, is advice from other people. My wife read a lot of books. We listened to uh, things from Focus on the Family. James Dobson loved things about that, right? How to be and build a strong marriage. Weekend to Remember was something that we did almost every two years for the first eight to ten years of our marriage. It was just a weekend away where we were being poured into by other people that had been married for a longer period of time and that had gone through challenges and that had worked through those challenges and been successful. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have continual challenges. Marriage is like that, you know, the roller coaster. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And that's kind of the way it is in a lot of ways. You do have some just peaceful times, right? But there is a lot of ebb and flow. But I can tell you the effort that you put in is worth it. Now, let me fast forward. In our journey, we ended up having kids about seven years into our marriage. And a lot of times people think, well, if I have children, that'll just be an amazing addition to our marriage and everything will be great, right? We'll we'll together come together on this new idea of raising this child and it'll be amazing. 
I can tell you that having children actually puts much more pressure on the marriage uh, than relieving pressure from the marriage. Now, it's a wonderful thing. And if you are called to have children, I think it's a beautiful thing. We have four of them. I love them. But it's a lot of additional work and a lot of different additional effort, although it is well worth it. Now, as I as we continued in marriage, I got to tell you what you may not know is that in our 19th year of marriage in 2020, my wife and I actually had a period of separation. Many of you that know me actually don't even know this. And there was a lot of things that we had to work through in that time. So, you know, you're in a place where you kind of pass over this seven year to the seven year itch, they call it, or whatever you want to call it, right? We kind of passed through that. We blew through the 10 years. We blew through 14 years and 16 years and 18 years. And all of a sudden, in the 19th year, boom, we get hit with a train. And there are things that come out and thoughts that are coming out on both sides of the aisle. And we weren't looking at things correctly. And we were kind of being combative one to another. And it was challenging. But I got to tell you, that pure commitment that we both were willing to stay connected to, that commitment to each other, even though it sucked in the moment, we were committed to going to counseling. We were committed to diving deep. We were committed to talking about things that really didn't feel comfortable, but we did. In fact, we even went to Branson, Missouri, which I would highly recommend from Family Life Today. They have a thing called Marriage Intensive. And it's literally a four-day intensive where you go there and they have marriage experts and you literally sit down for like eight to 10 hours a day. And it's almost like stepping on your nerve, right? For 10 hours, it's like, ah, this hurts all day. I don't like this. But we were able to unpack and not just bandage over what we did. We read a book called Nine Lies That Will Destroy a Marriage and Truths That Will Set It Free. Boy. That was huge. So my point to this whole idea of building a marriage that lasts is it takes work. If you look at around at our society today and you say, man, why are kids today? Why are young people today? Why are even younger adults today? Why are kids today in general uh, thinking the way they think? Why are kids gaming all the time? Why are they? It's like, listen, the parent has a responsibility. There's a reason that that's happened. It's because of years of consistency, maybe not being committed to the idea of consistency and building into the marriage. So we have to say, okay, there's a reason that these things happen this way. I liken it to the idea of, of, of being overweight. I remember what Zig said uh, in his life, Zig Ziglar, he always used to say, he said, you know, I, for about a, a period in, in my life, I uh, chose to be overweight. And people are like, what? You, what do you mean you chose? Nobody chooses to be overweight. And he said, no, the reason I chose to be overweight is because uh, I have never in my lifetime. Now, maybe you've experienced this. I know I haven't. And I know Zig said he hasn't. He has never accidentally eaten anything. <laughs> right. It's, it's always a choice. So if you choose to eat too much, you choose to weigh too much. Now, this isn't a weight loss program. I want you to understand there are consequences to what we do. If we sleep our day away if we are lazy in our process of life, if we are not committed to maybe the business venture that we wanted to do, if we are not committed to work harder and work harder and think outside the box, if we're not committed to be uh, you know, really engaged in our marriage, really looking for things that we can do to bring in to say, okay, wait a minute, how can we improve? Then there are going to be consequences. There's going to be positive benefits or negative consequences. One or the other 
in this journey, in this process of marriage. You know, a great tip that I learned along the way was the philosophy of dropping the rope. Now, I didn't say drop the soap. That's different. Okay. (laughs) I'm talking about drop the rope. What does that mean? Well, if you've ever been engaged in a tug of war, right, where you got you got one side and you got the other side and both sides are pumped and they're super excited and we're going to win and you're going to win and we're going to win and everybody wants to win, right? So they start pulling the rope. Well, well, let's pretend that that's a war and a challenge. What's the best way to just stop the fight? Well, you just drop the rope. That's so important. Just drop. I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to participate in this fight anymore. And one of the things that I realized about me is that I would engage in this process and not maybe share as much grace and love with my spouse as I maybe would in, in business. And, and the reason is because I'm working all day and then I go home and I'm kind of tired, right? And that in some ways said, oh, man, I don't want to get into this right now and I don't want to give the grace that I need to give right now. But I had to realize that when we got into these engagements, I had to drop the rope. The other thing that was really huge for me, and this was shared to me, uh, by the marriage in, uh, conference that we went to in Branson. But one of the things that um, often can be a challenge in relationships is trust. Can I trust you? Are you, are you trustworthy? Can I, can I trust this person? And, you know, so often we can find ourselves in a relationship trying to do things that can prove or show to the other person that they can trust us. Hey, you can trust me because of this. You can trust me because of that. And you're doing all of these external things, right? Maybe you're buying flowers or you're taking the person here or you're doing this or you're doing that or you're all of these things to cause the person to say, hey, they're not only engaged, but I can trust them. And one of the things that was shared with me, which I never thought about it this way, was you cannot make someone trust you. Now, I had to think about that for a minute. I was like, wow, that's power. What, what do you mean I can't? What, what, what you're assuming when you're trying to get someone to trust you or trying to get someone to feel a certain way about you is you are assuming that you have the ability to control them <laughs> and you don't. Don't miss this. If you really want a vibrant, quality, genuine, free, overflowing marriage, and relationships, you have to understand you cannot make anyone do anything if you really want a quality relationship. Now, you can maybe forcefully make make somebody do something, and that's not going to be great for them or you long term. And I don't suggest that. But the point is, you can't make someone love or trust you. When it comes to trust, one of the things that they were share they were sharing to me is, Mike, all you can do is be trustworthy. You see, I was in a place in that period of time where we were separated where I was saying, okay, what are some of the areas where maybe I feel like my wife has lost trust in me for whatever reason, whether it was a valid uh, thought or an invalid thought is irrelevant. What I would try and do is say, what are some of the areas where she has maybe lost trust in me and try and go take care of those areas, right? And say, oh, let me, it's almost like, if you can imagine, let's say there's a, a big uh, dam that's keeping the water back and some of the sandbags have, have moved and you're trying to you know, just plug the holes instead of really fully fix the problem. Maybe the whole dam needs replaced. I don't know. But you know, when, when you look at trust, what happens is, is unfortunately, 
and maybe fortunately at the same time because it actually releases you to say, I don't have to carry that pressure and that burden. What you do in response to this challenge is you be trustworthy, period. You be consistent, period. You show up, period. You do what you say you're going to do. You know, one of the areas being honest here where I started the slide is I wasn't at home every night for dinners with my family like I used to be. Well, that's really important to my wife. And quite honestly, it's really important to my kids. And it is important to me, but my lens got skewed. So I had to rewind the tape and say, okay, what are some areas that I need to get better at? I love what Darren Hardy says when he says, don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Getting better takes effort, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So I'm going to land the plane with, with the idea of, you know, it's really all about understanding the idea of commitment. And when you are committed, you know, it's like if you're, if you're in one, one of the reasons relationships in the military um, and anytime teams or, or, or organizations go through really challenging times, if you have a small group of people that are just, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what goes on outside. It doesn't matter what happens out there. It doesn't matter the financial ramifications or the challenges that come. They are committed to this goal. They are committed to, to making sure that they follow through. When you engage people like that, what happens is the level of depth that you experience in the relationship is so much deeper than anything that you can experience. And it's really a beautiful thing. And that's why they, they call it the brotherly bond, right, of, of these guys that are in military and they've been in the, been in the foxhole together and they've, they've really been in challenging things. They've gone through like life and death stuff together and yet they've stayed committed. They had each other's back. They weren't distracted by the world. They weren't distracted by other things. And I can tell you that if you stay committed on your process and your spouse knows that you have their back and you're going to show up and be there and be intentional and be committed and go above and beyond, you're not going to be perfect. No one is. But you are committed to the process. I can tell you, you will be in the process and on the road to building a marriage that lasts. This is not easy but it is worthwhile. Listen, I hope that encouraged you on your journey. Hopefully some of you that are in, the, in a place of marriage out there, maybe you're like, ah, man, I really needed to hear that. That was like a, a gut check for me, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, maybe you're in a place where you and your spouse are um, arguing and there's arguments that are coming out of um, finances, right? How, are we, are we going to be ready for retirement? Are we preparing, you know, uh, financially in the future? And you feel like uncomfortable about that, or maybe you're making, you know, not great decisions around that. I want you to know that we've created some resource. Many of you probably know that we've been in the financial world. I have several other financial companies for a long time. We've created some resource and I've wanted to come alongside and create resource for folks that can go and get access to information to be able to really build together. So I would encourage you, if that is a need, right, if you have a need financially, I would encourage you to head over to michaeldwall.com. There's a lot of great resources. The first resource you want to start with is the Invest Well, Live Well 
Give Well workbook series. It's a wonderful workbook series. You can watch it from the comfort of your home. We did a live recording here in uh, West Palm, and you can watch it from the comfort of your home wherever you are in the world, right? Get the workbook shipped to you and go ahead and through that together. If you're in a place where you are needing some counsel and guidance in your marriage, I highly recommend that you go get the book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy a Marriage and Truths That Will Set It Free. It's a wonderful resource uh, that will help aid and empower you on your journey. I really, really highly recommend it. It was, it was game-changing for my wife and I. Uh, but again, those resources are available. If you want to head over for some financial help, go there, uh, michaeldwall.com. If you want to get the book, go there. All of these things are important, but you have to invest in you. And that's not just with money, but with your time. You probably know some people on your phone that you've been texting or friends that really need to hear this message. They need to, to hear the encouragement that can come through someone like ourselves that went through challenging seasons, but we stayed the course. And it's better now, by the way, our marriage than it's ever been. It really is. And I can say that with all sincerity. But I want to challenge you to be uh, dedicated to the process. Share this with someone that needs to hear it. And as always, my desire for you is to help you live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Thanks for tuning in and listening in. We'll talk to you next show. 